You're listening to The Profile. Hello and welcome to The Profile podcast. I'm Andy Peck. For the past 17 years, I've been interviewing leaders in the church and the wider culture. In the coming weeks, you'll be hearing the best of these conversations, plus some brand new ones as well. It was leadership expert John Maxwell who famously said, leadership is influence. Some have massive influence through their role as a leader of a church or business, a charity or a family. Others have influence in their neighbourhood, a network of friends or through leisure interests. It's our prayer that these conversations will help you in whatever spheres you have influence. This show is brought to you by Premier Christianity Magazine, the UK's leading Christian magazine. Get full online access and the print magazine every month by becoming a subscriber. See special offers available now at premierchristianity.com. It's my joy to welcome you to the show that aims to help support and inspire Christians in leadership. Leadership conferences certainly have their place, and I've been to many and been blessed and helped. But it takes a dedicated leader to do the necessary work of distilling what they've learned, communicating with their team and applying it to their own situation. Context is everything. And so often we have found that the context for why a speaker was successful doesn't easily translate to our situation. Well, this week I'm joined by two church leaders that understand this all too well. They're part of an organisation called Lead Academy, which in broad terms aims to help church teams to work together to accomplish their goals. Martin Williams is the director and Rachel Roberts, the associate director. And I'm delighted that they join me on the show. So welcome, guys, to The Leadership Show. Hi, Andy. Good to be here. Good to see you. Yes. Hi, Andy. Lovely to be with you today. So it's great to have you both on. I recall chatting with your founder, uh, Chris Stoddard, prior to the launch of Lead Academy back in uh, 2010, my word, uh, and thinking what a brilliant idea this was. Um, and here we are some 13 years later, over 300 churches have been through your approach uh, and some great outcomes. So maybe you could uh, outline how you typically work with church leaders uh, and um, we'll go and go from there. Yeah, lovely. Thank you, Andy. And uh, yeah, really um, interesting how you uh, introed us uh, and this idea of, um, you know, it's it's very different what we do to a conference. Um, and that's exactly why a Lead Academy was founded in the first place. Um, you, you know, we, we really see this more as a process. Um, it's something that um, is much more likely to help churches change and grow. Um, and we work with churches that have recognised that they want to change, they know that they can't do it on their own and that it takes time, uh, not like, you know, going to a conference. Um, and so what we do is we pull together uh, groups of church leadership teams and they might be linked in some way, maybe geographically or by size. Um, and they come with us on a journey that takes about two years. We meet in person four times over that two year period for two day sessions. Uh, and we really cover the main principles of church leadership, you know, and it's all based around that, you know, that, that, that bit in Matthew, you know, the great commission, you know, that we're called to make and grow disciples. And we really dig deep into that with, with church leaders. And so we cover four key issues, um, purpose, uh, culture, and what, what does that look like on our first session? We then think about leadership. 
We then think about mission and then finally discipleship and spiritual formation. And so those church teams go through that journey uh, together. And and whilst they do that, they're mentored uh, and helped along the way uh, by one of our Lead Academy mentors. Uh, So, Rachel, that includes uh, all denominations and independent churches, etc.? Yes, yeah, churches from all different um, styles um, and characteristics. So um, uh, Anglican churches, Baptist churches, non-denominational churches, Methodists, uh, Salvation Army, uh, m- more of the charismatic movement. All sorts of different churches have, have been on a learning community with us. Now, it's, co- it's called Lead Academy. And um, the word academy in your title might imply academic for some but that's not what you have in mind of course yeah that's a really good question because we often wonder whether it's the best word but we think it denotes three what we hope are really useful things firstly that an an academy is normally about a specialty it's normally about something that uh, people feel called to and and it's quite specific and as we often remark and and many people do in who in the life of the church leading a church is one of the most difficult leadership briefs there seems to be. And so to that extent, it's a specialist environment where people who are engaged in spiritual as well as strategic and pastoral leadership are given uh, something that's really relevant to the calling that they're living out. The second thing we we think Academy really talks about is that they're going to get expert and experienced contributors. So the people that are going to build into the, the church teams as they come through the learning community over two years uh, will understand and, and have real empathy with where they're at, not just their roles and their calling, but also sometimes their context as well. And the third thing that we hope it denotes is that um, as the Academy, we should have a deep understanding of what local churches actually need. And we don't presume to know that just because we think we do, but because we talk to churches all the time. We're very privileged we get a chance to talk to church leaders you know, almost every day uh, about how things are. And so hopefully Academy gives that sense of we're here because you're specialists. We're here because we've got some experienced contributors and we're here because we understand. Uh, and I've, I, I've implied that you're both uh, church leaders. So I'd be interested to hear just a little bit about your journey to uh, lead Academy as itself. Yeah, I was a, I was a, a leader of, of, a, of a larger church for a long time, about 17 years in the Diocese of Oxford. And then before that, I was in the Diocese of Guildford, so I was ordained into the Church of England. And um, when I was um, leading the church that I was with most recently, we were invited to come on a learning community ourselves. And I guess like most church leaders, I thought to myself, I'm way too busy for this. And to be honest, I would never have normally have said yes to something like this. And I thought I can manage this myself. But I, I really remember clearly the Holy Spirit said to me, you need to go and do this. And so we gathered our team and we managed all the calendars, which, as you can imagine, isn't mm-hmm. always straightforward. And um, we traveled that to your journey as a team that gave us um, really clear vision and plans for the next five years of our ministry as a church. And uh, because for us, it was a process, not a course, because it, it dug in deep into the, the sort of uh, vocational life of all the people on our team. We made so much progress as a, as, our, as a church in the life of our church as a result of being on Lead Academy. So that's how I got involved. And then quite some years later, um, you mentioned Chris Stoddard earlier. Um, he came knocking on the door and uh, asked if I could help him think about the strategic future of Lead Academy, which I then worked out was code for could I be part <laughs> of it. <laughs> Joined, yes. <laughs> how about you? How about you, Rachel? 
So my my experience was from the other perspective of being part of a leadership team. I'm part of a Baptist church and kind of joined the diaconate and then um, became part of the leadership team there. Um, and it and for me, it was great to be part of um, an experience where instead of, you know, the pastor going off to a conference and coming back full of ideas that we kind of groan and think we can't put that into practice. Yeah. Actually, we had a shared experience of going together to something um grappling um together about some key issues about leadership formulate formulating a plan together uh, and then going in back to the church environment and putting that plan into action um over the next few months and years and i found that experience um as part of that leadership team to be extremely empowering um and really liked uh, the opportunity to kind of be a place at the table have a place at the table um and so I, I loved my experience of being on that learning community, found it great. And so when I had an opportunity to get more involved, I, I was delighted and, and took it. <laughs> now, guys, the, the, the marketing of any tool like this is key. Um, it seems to me that you've always been upfront about the time it can take for church leaders to agree on a vision and strategy and to see change, as it were, where the rubber hits the road. Um, I, I suspect that's the case, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And that's one of the great advantages of, of the learning community process. We have a very specific definition of what a learning community is, and it includes things like accountability, um, the desire to change, the desire to work across boundaries. And within all that is a recognition that if we're going to move a, a church forward, we're going to help to see it grow and fulfill its potential. Um, it's a multifaceted thing, and it does take time. And so, yeah, and... I think the the um, the opportunities that church leaders get to engage with those kinds of things, they're not few and far between, but there is a, a lot of a potentially overpromising happening around the place. And uh, one of our values as a lead academy is to be a non-anxious presence and to be an undefended uh, group of people who, as you say, they recognize and we recognize together that this is a journey we're taking. Um, there's no one size fits all. There's no instant results. There's no instant answers. But uh, all the learning that the churches that are called to be part of a learning community need is going to be in the room because the spirit of God has drawn them there. The spirit of God has things to say to them. And the fact that they get to talk to other church teams, uh, other church leaders in a very secure environment, as well as to the facilitators and mentors, means that they discover things that God um, has prepared in advance for them to discover and that's part of the the reason why so many of our churches just absolutely love being part of the process. Now, without necessarily disclosing names and details of churches, maybe you can give us a kind of a hint of the sort of work that churches have been able to do. Sure. Yeah, this is the really exciting part of the work. And we, we're just incredibly privileged to be part of it. Just seeing local churches go through transformation in the most amazing ways. I guess what I'd say about this is that not all the churches make huge sweeping changes. Some do. I, I can think of one church team that just took a complete root and branch approach to resetting the whole life of their church for the sake of reaching people with the gospel. They felt that they needed to review pretty much everything uh, because that was the stage they were at. That was the context they were in. But most churches, they make one or two key decisions that can sometimes just break a cycle or create a new wave of growth because this was the thing that had been holding them back. And the Lead Academy process seems to help them discern what those things might be. And then perhaps most importantly, it gives them the courage, and normally it's their peers that do this, 
to take the bold steps required to refresh the familiar, but also birth the new. And as I say, sometimes it can just be one or two things which completely transform uh, the, the, the direction of travel for a whole church. And that's just wonderful to see. So I can think, um, Andy, of a, a church that um, spent a great deal of time thinking about their values uh, and, and worked on it um, for several months. Like we were talking about, these things don't don't happen instantly, do they? But um, worked through their values over um, a long period of time. And, and actually what they found was that when COVID hit uh, and everything was up in the air and there was all this huge upheaval that it was because they spent so much time thinking about their values that they were they they called it um, the keel of the boat. Um, it helped them going in the right direction and they knew that they were being true to what God was calling them to do. One other example, one of the things we talk about at Lead Academy is is why it's the very first question we ask, which is why is your church here? What is God's reason for putting this church where it is? And um, one medium-sized church which looked afresh at their purpose, their why, um, and what they believed was God's why for their church. They Again, they spent a long time thinking about it, and eventually they got real clarity. And as they communicated as a whole team to the whole church family over months and months afterwards, it helped them to sift their priorities and sift their resources and realign them around the clarity of why are we here? What's our purpose? And it continues to be like a, a plumb line that they use to focus their time, their resources, their funding on what they believe God really wants them to do. And actually, rather than finding it constraining, they found it unbelievably liberating because they've got that clarity, which means they can rule things in or out. They can keep moving forward because they believe they know why God's put them there. So exciting. Yeah, just one, maybe one more, Andy. I was, I'm thinking about a church that um, we worked with um, when they were thinking about discipleship and spiritual formation and realised that um, they didn't really have a strategy uh, for being intentional about making uh, and helping people grow uh, as followers of Jesus, um, you know, that kind of spiritual formation thing. And so being on that learning community gave them the time and the space to think about what they could do um, intentionally to help people become more like Jesus. Um, you know, often churches, uh, we kind of think people just get discipleship through osmosis. We yes, talk indeed, about yes. that. You know, we just assume that people know how how to be disciples and followers. And, uh, and actually that church recognised that in their situation, they needed to be much more intentional about um, providing uh, approaches for people uh, to take a next step to become more like Jesus. Yeah. No, it's brilliant to hear. Um, as people gather, I mean, probably it's a Friday evening, is it? They gather together. Maybe they share a little bit about their strategy at that point with other churches gathered as also. I'm wondering if there are occasions where you listen to the, the vision or the outlook and what people want to achieve in two years. And you think crumbs, that's very ambitious or whether there's, uh, or maybe even times when people don't seem to want to, dream big enough um what's your reflection on that early 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 evening uh, or first evening together yes normally a morning we do a weekday a morning, morning so everyone's wide awake and full of full of energy okay, um but um yeah actually you know we have both i think there are some churches that arrive saying you know we've got this massive vision we we, we we're so frustrated we're not making en enough progress and other churches that are just really downhearted, 
uh, they're kind of beleaguered and are thinking, gosh, you know, how many more discouragements can we take? And there can be lots of different starting points. And I guess part of what, what we try to create an environment for is, first of all, for those churches to actually build one another up in the Lord, you know, because they all get each other's woes and, and excitements and longings and hopes and dreams. And then what we try to do is is to give them some some input, some um, material, some exercises to do, some questions to answer that helps them to kind of raise their hopes, um, raise their eyes to a, a grander vision, if you like. And in the case of those churches, what might be what we might think be overreaching. Uh, we we hope that they they're not so much going to lose the passion for what they long to see, but they're going to get down to thinking, well, do you know what? I think we can do this, but not quite the way we thought. And that's where the work really kind of starts, where they start to dig in and where they start to get excited, because it's not that the vision was wrong. It's sometimes it was just that they would tried so many different things, which somehow hadn't hadn't started to hadn't really worked. And they were now in a situation to to try something new. And that's where people can get really excited as well. So we get we get all sorts of um, of mood swings and people's emotions coming out. But that's because pe- people love the Lord and they love the church and they long to see the church prevail. And that's why it's such a privilege for us. And that's our main responsibility, we feel, is to is to be creating an environment where whatever, however those churches arrived, they leave with a sense of clarity a sense of uh, a direction of travel, a, a clear plan and uh, a clear set of measurements as well, because that's one of the things churches aren't so good at measuring things. And and also the whole team is engaged with that, not just the, the senior leader. And that, that's where the really exciting journey then continues in the, in the years that follow. Yeah. So, so um, Martin, you talk about a, a staff team, well, you talk about teams and some things that include a staff team people paid, but I guess it also includes volunteers. Yeah, that's right. So sometimes we have um, people who are uh, paid members of a team, a leadership team, but we also have people who come and they might be serving in a voluntary capacity. Some people will take time off work to come uh, because they see it as so important. Uh, And uh, we've even had a a teacher come who got time off work from her headmaster because the headmaster saw the value in her doing some leadership training. Um, So it's a real mixed bag, which is what makes it so exciting to be in the room, that you have people coming from lots of different experiences and situations and sharing ideas. It can be very um, very encouraging for people who are serving with with their time and energy but not being paid. Because we often see people coming and they say, well, I don't know why I've come here. I'm just, a, you know, the treasurer or I'm just the church warden or I'm just an elder. I, You know, I don't know why I'm here. And then by the time they get to the end of the two year process, they are inspired and they recognize that they are part of the leadership of the church, that God has gifted them and called them and placed them in, in that church for, for a reason. And there's a, there's an incredible impact on on the whole team as they mesh together and recognize that their their mutuality of, of calling you know the fact they're all called for the same thing uh binds them together in a whole new way and um those kind of barriers or lines or uh between whether you're paid or not paid they just start to dissipate because the the, the grand vision of what could be possible becomes something that the whole the whole church team is is excited about now your main focus obviously is is the a t- a kind of two-year process uh every six months gathering together to, to discuss things. Um, but you also do a few other, have a few other tools that assist 
Christians in leadership as well. So maybe you'd like to share share those. So the main thing that we're doing at the moment, Andy, is something called Leader to Leader, uh, which is like a mini learning community for senior leaders. Uh, We meet four times over a period of a year, uh, once in person for a retreat uh, and then three times online. And it's a mixture of giving a little bit of input uh, from an expert in a field um, of Christian leadership uh, that um, we give an opportunity for those senior leaders to uh, hear from them and ask questions. And then we get into small groups. Of, of leaders and each one is given an opportunity to share a particular issue they may have uh, and uh, and express how they're feeling about that and then other leaders in the in the virtual room will then kind of give their their wisdom and their experience of what they've um they've done in a similar situation and i think it's really great uh, often senior leaders feel that they're isolated on their own uh, and it gives them opportunity to realize that you know this issue that they're grappling with is 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 not new. That there's others who've 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 experienced something similar or might be going through the same thing um, as they are. And in in quite a short space of time, just a few minutes, as they're sharing together, we've we've seen um, issues being unlocked. Uh, you know, as different perspectives are shared, as different ideas for them to try. It's a very encouraging and inspiring opportunity. Now, I'm sure as a charity, you would want to say, you know, if you're a church leader please join us. <laughs> but there will be a sense, of course, that there may be some churches where this would not be appropriate. Would that be a fair question to uh, to suggest? Uh, that's a really important question um, because at the end of the day, I think most churches will come on a learning community with Lead Academy because somewhere on the line, they, they just feel the time is right. And very often, even quite experienced church leaders will, will chat to us beforehand and say, look, we do think the time is right, but what do you think? And we, we, we use our mentor network to try and help them to really think and pray that through about timing. Um, but like we said at the beginning, I would say pretty much every church that's come on a learning community would have these things in common. They really want to see change. They know they can't do it alone and they know it's going to take time. And over the past 12 years and so many hundreds of churches of every shape and size, this seems to be the common factor. And so there are going to be churches where they say, hey, you know what we're not we're not right in that place at the moment we, we don't think it's right for us maybe they've just got a brand new team that's barely bedded in um maybe they're just about to lose some key members of their team maybe they've been through uh, a huge trauma and as a church they need to just rebuild and that's why coming on a learning community for for pretty much every church leader is a discernment process and um part of what we try to help them do is is just ask those simple questions that say if if, you, if these things feel right to you, then maybe this is a this is a good time for you to be coming along. And we've seen the learning community process revive the missional imagination of every kind of church. Uh, so it's a really important question, and it's not something we take lightly because, of course, we want as many churches to experience Lead Academy. But the timing needs to be right. It needs to be God's perfect timing, and that's for everybody because we we just know that God is in the in the center of it. And it, retention rates over two years, you'd think, well, you know, is everyone going to make the whole journey for two years? They're you know they're virtually one hundred percent even if they lose members of the team along the way because they naturally move on or natural attrition, um, people stick at it because they they feel that this is what God wants for them. They want they want to see the journey through. Uh, and that's just wonderful to see. Commendable integrity to your answer, Martin, I must say. <laughs> well done. Excellent. Um, and so in terms of um, how people can learn more, I'm, I'm sure there's a website for people to go to and uh, interact with you guys. 
Yes, so we have a website and you can find us and find out more there, which is www.leadacademy.net. And you can also follow us on social media. So find us on Facebook, Lead Academy, um, or follow us on Instagram at Lead Academy UK. Terrific. Well, it's been thrilling to to chat with you and to see the the vision that was birthed some 13 years ago, having been realised and continued as the baton is being passed to you guys. So thank you for all you're doing and uh, exciting to hear. And look forward to hearing more stories in due course. Thank you so much, Andy. It's been a delight to be with you. Thanks so much, Andy. That was my conversation with Martin Williams and Rachel Roberts of Lead Academy. Maybe a learning community is something that would work for you. Do go to their website, uh, leadacademy.net, and you can find out more and the list of their prices and uh, availability. In any case, the value of working together as a team was certainly highlighted in our conversation. It's one thing to have a personal vision, but quite another to have a corporate vision of where you believe God is taking you together. Uh, So I hope that uh, as you seek to lead for Christ, wherever God's placed you, You've got others around you who share the sense of direction that you have. It's so good to be going together with others and supporting one another in God's ways. So I look forward to your company again uh, very soon. Thanks for tuning in.